This is a psalm um, that is a prayer of David at the end of his life, praying for Solomon, who is going to be king. And it says in verse 1, Of Solomon, give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush sir. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastland render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no power. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there there be abundance of grain in the land and on the tops of the mountain may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon and may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. Name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Father, we thank you so much for your blessing upon us. God, we thank you that you do call us blessed. We, we thank you that we can be called your people. We thank you for your glorious name, Lord God, that endures forever in your love and your grace. We praise you this morning and give you all the glory and the honor. In your holy son's name, Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Stand with me as we worship, please. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Glory.
Yes. Hope. Jesus is our living hope. Amen. Hallelujah. As we're worshiping, I see a man running a race, and he's running in place, and he's not making it anywhere. He's 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 just striving to get it to continue the race, and he's not getting anywhere. And he's running and he's running and he's running and he's striving and he's laboring and he's just trying so hard to get to the end. And yes, we need to run the race. But this morning, God wants you to know that you don't strive for the result at the end. You strive for Him. You're striving for Jesus. We need to stop striving for and, and to, to see the results. The results are up. The results are up to God. He's responsible for the results. We're responsible for running the race. We're responsible for striving toward Him and seeking Him. So this morning. There's Jesus is here. There's there's there there's he wants today is the day of salvation. Amen. Today is the day of salvation. If you have never committed your life to Jesus Christ, now is the opportunity. Now is is the time. God is here. He wants to give you new life. Amen. And 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 if if you've been one that's been striving toward the result, maybe you need to rededicate because maybe you've lost focus. Maybe you've maybe you've gone astray. Maybe maybe there's something in your life that you need to get rid of, and we need to, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus and allow Him to be the Lord and allow Him to be responsible for the results. You're in the race. It doesn't. It, it doesn't mean you can just sit down and 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 take a rest at the side of the road and just let God do everything. We need to be part of it. We need to make a decision. So, if that's you this morning, I know we know we normally do things a little bit different, but I feel like this morning, like this altar is open. It's open. So, if that's you for either of those. If you need to rededicate, or if you need to give your life for the first time, I call. Just come forward. Just come forward right now. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's maybe it's. I don't know. Maybe it's all of you. I don't know. Whoever it is, just come forward. We want to pray. Come forward. There is none like you, Lord God. Creator of all the universe. God of grace and mercy and love, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, that you want all of us to be part of your family. You call us children of God call us friends. We thank you, Father, for salvation. We thank you for bringing us into your kingdom and being part of that. You deserve all of the glory and the honor. Jesus' name.
As they're doing that, we'll just a uh, quick couple of announcements. So thank you to everyone who helped with the fair. The fair was uh, has been a success. I've heard many good things. Um, we prayed with uh, a lady last night for healing for her son. That was really cool. So, yeah, it's been just a, a really neat outreach and fun time. So I'm sure there's other testimonies. We'll have to hear those at some point. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a lot of different places that I could have started this morning with these, uh, with this message, but I, uh, we're going to go specifically and foremost to 1 Corinthians 12. Um, last week, uh, we were able to uh, break ground on the the building next door here it's going to be being added on to us uh, in the coming weeks and months and and uh, we were supposed to break ground actually have the backhoes show up tomorrow uh, but as construction goes you know things happen so it's good it's, it's been pushed off for one week but what we're going to do is uh, uh, that gives us an extra week to do some planning and uh, anytime that there is uh, uh, work to be done uh, volunteer work uh, we'll make that available, let you know when that is, how that is, what we're doing, uh, what what special skills you might need to have or whatever, and we will uh, have sign-up sheets and let, you know, kind of, it'll be a lot of information being given to you for all of that, and, and uh, but we'll be doing that as we go along. Children, you're dismissed, and uh, I just saw the teacher come in and go... <laughs> So children, you're dismissed. Thank you so much for being a part of worship this morning. But uh, that's going to be coming up quick, and when it does, you'll be able to see, uh, we'll, we'll keep posting uh, updates, uh, video updates and such, and you can come and watch for progress, <clears throat> and you can come and be a part of it also. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 12, says this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make it, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. 
and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to, greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, that the members may be the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So a lot of times this uh, series of verses is used to talk about unity or the lack thereof. It's not what this one's about this morning. It's about the body of Christ being the body of Christ. I've uh, shared many times over the last year and a half, two years, about the vision that God has given us for the St. Croix River Valley. I've shared uh, from the beginning, I've shared from the middle, I've shared the prophecy itself, I've shared, you know, I've been talking about it, and it gets, actually gets to the point where I feel like I'm talking about it too much. And there may be some of you who say, you're talking about it too much. But the reality is this, be it, for anyone to be able to follow the vision, you have to see it. For anyone to be able to know what to do in the vision, to what part you play in the vision, you have to know what the vision is. I could have started anywhere from all kinds of different places in the Bible. I've, I've meditated on these all week, getting ready for this morning. You know, that, uh, write down the vision so that it may, that one may pick it up, read it, and run with it. We could talk about that. Uh, I could talk about the verse that says, for lack of vision, God says, my people perish. We could talk about all the, everything that talks about visions and, and the plans of God and how God has moved uh, the Israelites, how He's moved I, you know, even Abraham. When He moved Abraham from, from, the, from Ur, he, uh, he gave him a vision. He told him, here's where you're going. When you get there, this, was, this is what's going to happen, and this is how you're going to do it. He, he gave people vision all the way along. He gave Joseph vision. He said, you're going to one day that your brothers are going to bow down to you. Now, he made some stupid choices with that vision and said some things he shouldn't have at the wrong time. And that's part of understanding how to cast vision. You don't tell everything all the time. You don't tell everything from the beginning. You do what you, you, you have wisdom in the telling of the vision. And I could talk about vision from all kinds of angles. Just ask my wife. My wife hears about the vision more than anybody. And she goes, I know, I've heard this before. I know. But I, it's just, I talk about it. I can't help it. It's just, you know, it, it fits into the decisions I make every day. It, 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 it's part of who I am. And in that, it's part of who we are. As a church, this vision for me. You know, when we talk about the body and the different parts of the body, and everybody has an idea of where you fit on the body. And uh, my, my thought many times is I'm the, the hair on the knuckle of the little toe on the body of Christ. And uh, you may think you're the wart on the backside of the body of Christ. George. And uh, only because you know I love you, love you, love you. You're so right. But no, I'm not right. But I just, I had, to, I had to. It was there. It's low-hanging fruit, as they say. I would have done it. I know. But vision. Who are you 
in this body? Who are you in this vision? The vision is what it is. The vision hasn't changed. Now, the vision has, the, the understanding of the vision has grown. 25 years ago, in a prayer meeting, was the first time that I ever prayed for the St. Croix River Valley. Uh, but I didn't know I was praying for the St. Croix River Valley. I just prayed for a, uh, a revival to break out. I had been reading about, actually, I've read about revivals my whole Christian life. I'm fascinated with you know, moves of God that changed whole nations, whole regions, whole cities, that, that, that everybody gets saved in them. I, I, you read those things, uh, and if you haven't read them, man, just look them up. Man, there's, there is uh, story after story, testimony after st- testimony of revivals around the world where everything changed, some of them overnight. There's a book, uh, and I've quoted it in the past, I haven't done so recently, it's, it's, it's called the, He Put Eternity in Their Hearts. And it's about, um, it, the book is written about the, the uh, uh, creation stories that indigenous people have all over the world. People who had no contact with, with other peoples and had no contact with, with other uh, cultures. And their creation stories are almost identical. Why? Because they came from the same Story. They came from the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. One of the, the very first revivals I ever read about was in that book where for, for uh, uh, thousands of years, these people had a, had a verbal, an, uh, a, a, uh, an audible history, and in it they talked about how God created the earth and how he created the animals and how he created man and how man sinned against God and God became angry. And at a, at a big tower that they were building on this plain, he, he scattered them across the world. And this, spe- this specific tribe was traveling through the mountains, le- leaving the Tower of Babel. They didn't know it was the Tower of Babel, but they were leaving this, this incident. And they were met in the, in the mountains by demonic forces. And the demonic forces said, you need to worship us. And they did. But their verbal history forever and ever, for all those hundreds of years, thousands of years, said that one day someone would come and tell them of the one true God. One day a missionary walked into, this is in Indonesia, missionary walked into their village and said, I'm here to tell you about the one true God. And everyone in that culture, everyone in that, it wasn't just one village, it was multiple visions or villages. Everyone got saved in one day. The whole, they said, this is it, boom. And they were made right. They were born again. God has a plan for people. He has a plan, and, and that plan takes time. 25 years ago, we began to pray for the valley, praying for a revival, for an outpouring of, his, of God's Spirit. Over the years, the progression of it has been such that, that as we pray for the vision, I, I, we understand more. At first, I thought it was the Kenny Kinnick River Valley. How many know where the Kenny Kinnick is? Runs through between Pierce and St. Croix counties. It runs through uh, River Falls. It, well, it, it has fish in it. <laughs> then one day we were praying and started praying for this church. When I was still the associate over at the other church, we were praying for this church, the little sister church, the you know the little one that the ugly redheaded stepchild church that. Uh, 
Sorry, I know. I you know, I'm sorry. I don't. I repeat. <laughs> Let's start back over. First Corinthians 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> I owe all of the redheads. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. It is not what I meant. Let me use a different phrase. It's like the Green Bay Packer part of the family. Oh, Lord, help me. God has a vision. God has a plan. And as we've moved through this, we began to, to put things into motion, put things into play. One of them is Karis Bible School. It's going to be starting here this fall. And it's going to be starting the first week of September. Uh, we've, the reports I've heard back, I, what I heard as of last week, there were nine. Uh, there's now 12. Glory to God. Glory to God. There are 12 who are signed up and have paid their down payment. There will be more. I know there will be. I've already, I know somebody who still hasn't signed up. So 12 are a part of that first inaugural year here, Thursday nights, uh, 6 to 9.30. It's going to be amazing. But God has been putting these pieces together. Gwen Roden reminded me last week of, a, of a, something, something that we did years ago, probably 12, 13 years ago. We started doing a, well, a Bible school here on, on Wednesday nights. I felt, I just, I've had that in my heart forever, for many, many years. And we started doing it, and it just, it just didn't fit, didn't work right. Yet she was the only person who ever graduated from it. And she, and she told me last week, when we, as we were digging ground, uh, she said, you know, she goes, you did that uh, by faith. And you did it out of obedience. And it may not have been what you thought it was, but it was a seed that was sown Amen. to reap where we're at right now. The obediences that we do in the past, the things that we've been obedient to do, the things that you're obedient to do now, sow seed for what you're going to reap in the future. So keep sowing those seeds. And you know, part of it's money, part of it, a lot of it has to do with obedience. It's, I believe it's all about obedience. What God tells you to do and to be obedient to do it. So step by step over the years, we've been moving towards these days, the days that we're in. A year and a half ago, I went to a conference, a DCPI, Dynamic Church Planting International. We had already began two churches, one in, in St. Croix Falls and one in Grandy, and, uh, but nothing had happened for many years, and so I was actually to the point where I, I felt like, you know, maybe that was just a, something that had passed and that was over, and a friend of mine, uh, Pastor John Moe from uh, Indianola, Iowa, invited me to go to a church planting conference, and I said no. Not interested. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he called me up. He says, you know, I've been praying about this. And he said, I actually still think you're supposed to go. And I said, no, I, I'm not interested. He goes, well, I'm going to send you the information anyway. He was obedient to do what God told him to do. So he sent the information to me. And, and uh, I had it on my computer. And I, a couple of different times, I deleted it out of my inbox. And every time I deleted it out of my inbox, the Holy Spirit said, I didn't tell you to do that. Put it back in there. So every day when I opened my inbox, I'd have to look at it and go, oh, I don't want to go to that conference. 
One day I was just, you know, praying about something else and the Holy Spirit, you know, it's ever, ever prayed about something and nothing's happening. You're wondering why nothing's happening. It may be because you're ignoring the last thing that God told you to do. So I, I was like, Lord, what's the deal? And he goes, you never asked me if I wanted you to go to the conference. Okay, I repent. Do you want me to go to the conference? Yes. All right, fine. So I went. First day of the conference, they made a statement. They said that every healthy church, every healthy church in the world has the ability to, to plant another church every two years. And I got angry. I'll just have to be, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not always the wonderful, you know, docile, soft, you know, guy that I have attitudes. Right, sweetheart. I got an attitude. I actually got upset. I raised my hand right in the middle of the conference and I said, Who? The guy goes, Who what? I said, Who's doing it? Give me some names. I want to know names. I want to be able to look it up, prove it. And he kind of smiled and he goes, Well, okay. He says, I don't know of anybody in America. I went, Yeah, see. But he said, But in other parts of the world, and they started list, listing off churches and regions and area. And we know in Hungary, we work, we work with churches. We know people that are doing this every every town. They just keep hopscotching. I just see that, said, see that they just did another outreach in a small town uh, in on the the eastern side of Hungary. They're ready. They're they're doing outreach. They're they're getting people saved. They'll build up. There'll be another church starting there. I'm sure. So we do know that. I I've met. Some, I know people that are doing that. So I got offended. I didn't like it. I was upset for three days. And in the midst of it, the Holy Spirit says, why are you so upset? Well, because I don't always want to be obedient. I don't always want to fit into God's plan. I catch myself every once in a while wanting God to fit into my plan. But He doesn't... He doesn't operate that way he's god he's lord and you look in the bible anytime anybody wanted to do things their own way it always turned out bad so why in the world do we argue with them i don't know so i humbled myself i repented and said lord what do you want he says i want to start 24 churches in the next 10 years and I started to laugh. <laughs> yeah, right. 24 churches in 10 years. That's Do the math. And I said, I, I don't know how to do that. And he, go, he goes, I know. That's why I'm choosing you. You know that he doesn't choose you because you're the best of the best and you have all the answers and you can do everything needed without him he picks the foolish things of the world to confound the wise he picks the lowest of the low the least of the least he picks the little hair on the little toe and the warts (laughs) to confound the wise he picks us he picks us he did, and so I've been praying about this, and I said, Lord, I, you know, 
been praying for this vision for years. I've been praying for that, over, you know, praying out that prophecy for years that, that a revival will start on the, at the headwaters of the St. Croix River and it'll work all the way down to the, to, to Prescott and it'll, it'll expand into a hundred miles on both sides and whole cities will get saved. Whole regions will be changed for the glory of God. Been praying that out for years. I don't know how to make that happen. And I, very clearly he said, I didn't tell you to start it. I didn't tell you to get it going. I told you to get ready for it. So we're getting ready for it. We're getting ready. In uh, January of this year, made the public statement that we were going to start a church in Prescott. Started a church in Prescott, Wisconsin. I know that's the opposite end of the vision. It's not my deal. I didn't want to go to Prescott. I didn't want to start a church in Prescott. Churches have started in Prescott and failed. I could give you the list of churches that have started and failed. I can tell you about the ministers, some of them I know, who have been trounced in their lives, made choices, did things that were wrong, and their lives have paid for it. It's not, you know, it's a beautiful city. Have you ever been down there? Beautiful town. It's a wonderful place. I like Prescott. But spiritually, something's going on there that needs to change. It needs to change. It needs the Spirit of God to change that city from the inside out. So in January, we made that announcement and, and uh, started talking about that. We, I, the Holy Spirit told me, He says, ask for $10,000 above everything else, above the building fund, above the, the regular tithes and offerings, above everything else uh, that people are giving on a regular basis. Ask for $10,000 and before it starts, you don't start it until you have the $10,000. So I made that announcement. I, 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 you know me. You've been, you know, those of you who have been here from the beginning, been, been there, you know, get to know me. I don't like asking for money. It's not my favorite thing. It's not even my second favorite thing third, fourth, or even tenth favorite thing. But when the Holy Spirit tells you to do it, He didn't ask me my opinion. He's not asking you your opinion. <gasps> oh, I'm coming to you. Just wait. We're going to get there. This is all about you today. Because I'm already over the cliff. I'm so far over the cliff. I want you to follow me into over the cliff. <laughs> And for weeks, that money didn't come in, you know, and every, every fear, every doubt, every worry, every, what if, what if I miss God, what if I look stupid? And the Holy Spirit says, stand, stand, stand. That money came in one day from one person. Not who you thought. Not who you think. But God used the body of Christ to confound the, the, confound the wise. God is good. God is amazing. And I just want to know you. I just wanted you to know this. You don't get to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff that happens and that all, we, you know, all the little things. That 10000 was put into a fund. 
And out of it, we've paid rent on different, on the buildings, on the muddy waters that we were using. We've had, we've rented the gazebo down there a few times. We've done some advertisement, things like that. We've been spending money out of it. That $10,000, we've been spending money out of it. As of today, that, that fund, because some people keep giving towards it, is now over $12,000. It's like we keep spending it and it keeps coming in. And we haven't made any, any extra, hey, we need more money. God is good. God is supplying for this. It's God's idea. It's not my idea. It's His idea. And when it's His idea, it will work. It is working. But we all have a part to play. That's what the sermon's about this morning is the body of Christ is not just the head. Jesus is the head. He is the head. Always has been, always will be. He's the head. I'm not the head. Nobody else I know is the head except Him. He's the head. But do you notice that in the Word it says, the head can't even say to the foot, I don't need you. Jesus came here with the express purpose of saving mankind, yes, but He also came here to build a church. And who did He pick? The least of the least. The fishermen. The tax collectors. The losers, welcome. You have joined a wonderful organization. <laughs> why, did, why did God pick us to be a part of His organization? Because we're just like the first guys, losers. <laughs> I admit it. I see that check. Ten million. No. Chump change. <laughs> we need feet. We need ankles. We need thighs. We need hips. We need stomachs. Ripped abs. <laughs> this is it's not a six pack, it's more like a keg, but it's just <laughs> Just use your imagination. Biceps, fingers, fingernails. I don't know how all that translates to the body of Christ, but it makes a pretty good picture, doesn't it? Even the uncomely parts, even the warts. But the body is needed. The body needs all of it, otherwise it's not a body. It's disfigured. It's, it's, it's handicapped. The body of Christ needs you. What is your place? The question this morning is very simple. What is your place in this end time move of God? What is your place in the plan and purpose of God? Because you are here because of purpose. You are here on purpose. You are not a part of this because you just tripped your way in, you fell in, you got here by accident, you don't know what, I don't know why I'm here, I don't actually don't belong here, I know everybody else does, but I don't. That, all of those are lies. All of those are lies because Satan is trying to stop you from being who God has called you to be.
And He didn't call you to be it because you were the best looking. He didn't call you to be it because you're the smartest. He didn't call you to be it because you're the strongest or the fastest. He didn't call you to be that because you're the, you're the, the, you're the richest. He called you to be it because He knows who you are and who you can be. What is your place in this body? What is your place in the vision that God has for you? Because of who you are, God brings you into into specific places. And He fits you in. That's why when somebody leaves where God has placed them, and this is not a sermon about don't ever leave, don't, you know, because people leave. Life happens. But don't leave out of the will of God. That is the warning. Do not leave out of disobedience. Do not leave out of anger. Do not leave out of frustration. Do not leave for any other reason than God says it's time to go. When He says it's time to go, all the blessings of God will follow you. But you do it for the wrong reason, and you will miss the plan and purpose of God for your life. Who are you in the plan of God? Who are you in this vision? In this vision, we are going to need people who can lead. I know you. I know, I know almost every one of you. There's some new folks here this morning. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. You're not here by accident. But those who have been here, those who are a part, you know you're a part. You're, I know you're a part, that I've known you for years. We have, we have more leaders here than I've ever seen in any other small body of Christ anywhere ever. I noticed it the first day I came here, October 1st of, the, of 2000. First time I first church, first church service I ever attended here. I preached here. I was the, the new associate pastor. And I started to preach, and the Holy Spirit says, you will be amazed at who is here. And I am amazed. My prayer for the last 18 years is, Lord, don't let me screw this up. This is too important. You're too important. His plan is too important. Leaders. We ha- there are leaders here. You could lead anything. Literally, you could lead anything that God puts you in the middle of. You can lead it. You may not think you are. There are some of you who don't think you're leaders. You don't think you have what it takes. And you're right. You as an individual don't. But when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you can do anything. I am doing the exact opposite of what I've always wanted to do in my life. Do you know what? I, if it was my deal... 35 years ago, if I could just say, this is how I, how I want my life to be, I would live in a cabin in the North Woods next to a lake, fishing and hunting, and making little wood things to pay the bills. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. But when I gave my life to him, he says, you've been bought with a price. You are no longer your own. Lord, what, what do you want me to do? And a little old lady, 80-year-old lady, I'm, I'm offending everybody today. Anybody over 80? Is... <laughs> little lady, 
riding in the back of a van on my very first mission trip, 80 year, over 80 years old, turned to me and she goes, oh, John, the Holy Spirit just talked to me, talked, spoke to me and said that you're going to be a pastor. I laughed in her face. I mean, I did. I looked at <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not me. That is not me. I don't do that. I don't want to do that. I, I'll, I'll help. I'll support. I'll carry bags. I'll do anything, anything but be a pastor. Ta-da! <laughs> we need leaders. We need leaders over areas. Worship leaders. Worship leaders. Worship leaders. Worship leaders. Worship leaders. Uh-huh. Just wanted to know if you heard me. Worship leaders. Talk to Jamie. Worship leaders. Worship leaders. Psalmists. Psalmists. Got to walk away from that one real quick. We need youth ministers. Children's ministers. Sunday school and children's class teachers. Ushers, greeters, sound people. We need, we need people to serve. We need people to, to pick up the vision and walk with it. Not just here, but up and down the valley. Up and down the valley. How does that all work? I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't know specifically in your case. But one of the things that happened about 14 or 15 years ago as I was in a prayer meeting and it was a three-day prayer meeting. We, we literally prayed from, from the time the sun came up in the morning till late into the night, one, two in the morning. We'd sleep, we'd get back up and we'd begin to get, we'd get back into intercessory prayer. That went on for three days. I was the junior member. I was the, I was the young guy. I just kept my head down. I didn't even know why I was there. I didn't, I didn't feel like I belonged there. The Holy Spirit said, you belong there. I was invited, <clears throat> but I just kept my head down. I, I, just, I thought, I'm a support guy. I'm just going to be there to support. And I did. For, for the first two and a half days, I just prayed. I just was there praying in the Spirit. On the third afternoon, we were in prayer, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came on me. And I began to prophesy. Scared the daylights out of me. It's not what I planned on doing. Because we were there to pray, and all of a sudden, I began to prophesy. And I prophesied for a long time. <clears throat> it just kept coming and kept coming. And in that prophecy, the Holy Spirit said that Stillwater, Lake Elmo, River Valley Christian Church, Lake Elmo, would be a hub of a wheel. And that going out in all directions, the influence of the Holy Spirit, the influence of the plan of God, would, would branch out in every direction. And that there would be outposts, just like in the day of old, the old uh, trapper days, that there would be an outpost on all kinds of different places, but this would be the hub, and go out, and they'd come back. And they would go out, and they'd come back. And they'd go out, and they'd minister, and, 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 and pray for the sick, and lead people to the Lord. And they'd come back and get built up, and get their supply, and then they'd go back out again. 
Go out and come back. Go out and come back. And that we were going to affect this whole region. And in that, I see people going out and coming back, going out and coming back. What does that mean exactly? I don't know. We're still praying. I'm still praying about those things. Still watching and listening. But I'm starting to understand it more. Because every time that God plants a new work, you need people who can go do that. But do they go do it full time and see you later? Good luck. Hope, you know, right often. Uh, we'll see what, if anything happens bad, just let somebody know. Yeah, that'd be good. We'll pray for you. Or do they go out, minister, come back here, get refreshed, go back out and minister, come back? Yeah, I, I actually think it has to do with that. It makes, it makes sense to me. So in January, we started announcing that the church would begin in Prescott. In March, the money came in, and we held our first service at Muddy Waters Blues Bar in the upper room. Met there a number of weeks. The Holy Spirit told me that I needed to start the first one. Why? Because I'd never, I'd, I'd prayed for him, I'd, I'd helped other people do it. St. Croix Falls, Pastor Dan and Claudia went up. We gave money, we gave time, we helped. The one in, in uh, Grandy started differently. We helped a young man named Carl Binger uh, start a church in his, in his uh, pole barn. That group of people met the group of people that Tom uh, Bakke, Pastor Tom Bakke, was having a, a small group, a, a home fellowship in his garage. The two of those merged together. They started meeting in Grandy, Minnesota. From there, they went to a, 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 a building. They bought a building on the north side of town. We helped them every step of the way, prayed for them and helped them. So I, but it still wasn't my boots on the ground. The Holy Spirit said I needed to, to start this one for a couple of different reasons. One, I had never started one before. And, and why would anybody follow me if I had never done it? I, well, I read about it once in a book. Good luck, you know. Here's the book. Hopefully it works, you know, speaks to you too. And so I began that, started working in that direction with the full understanding that somebody else at some point in time will take that position, will take that leadership role, will take that headship of that church been praying about that been listening to the holy spirit been watching i watch people i watch people all the time some more than others <laughs> and you just see gifts you see people rise to the opportunity you see people moving by the holy spirit whether they you know they're just being obedient and you see them being used by God, and you, just, you recognize it. And I recognize John Logan and Jen and their family as they've been down there and serving and ministering. They started reaching out to people even before we talked about reaching out. They started, they started making connections. God started bringing people across their path. One day I, they were, we were talking, they said, yeah, we ran into somebody at a coffee shop in White Bear. And they asked what we're doing, and we said, oh, yeah, we were just talking, and then, then you know, yeah, we're, we're helping start a church in Prescott. Oh, and the guy says, oh, I have family in, in Prescott. Hey, we should hook them up. And so here, God is already doing outreach. It's, it's just by who they are. 
So one day, I, after much prayer, I prayed and asked John. I said, would you be interested in this? And he laughed in my face. It was, uh, it was beautiful. You reap what you sow. Exactly. Exactly. So through much prayer and anguish and turmoil, and he finally said yes verbally two weeks ago. So... So we're ready to make that step of putting John and Jen in the leadership of that church. Now, does that mean, see you later, good luck, have a wonderful life? We'll pray. Send, send postcards. No, it means we're in this together. I am still committing weekly to go down there to be a part of, but, but my role is going to quickly become background, very quickly, starting today. He doesn't know that yet. But I'm going to be there. We'll talk. (laughs) But we move forward with this. Does that mean they're leaving here? No, somebody has to do announcements and receive the offer. (laughs) How long do they do that? I don't know. It may be forever. It may be a month. we, we, We will know, won't we? As we walk this out in obedience, we'll know how that works. But they need support. They need help. They need prayer. And having them be here on a regular basis, it, it fits that, that model of going out and coming back. Going out and coming back. Maybe for a while, that's what they do. And we're able to pray for them and build relationships. They're able to cast vision and give, give feedback of what's been happening down there. So this morning... I want to pray for these guys. We're actually going to have an installation service, an official service in Prescott on uh, September 9th, Sunday, September 9th. We're going to have all the <clears throat> advertisement. The other churches are all going to come. Uh, St. Croix Falls is going to come down for it. Grandy's going to come down. Uh, the church in New Richmond is going to be a part of it. So the, we'll all be there that afternoon. We'll have a picnic, and then we're going to have a, a, a service, and we're going to have a, be able to pray for them, install them there then, and do it officially. But this morning, I want to pray for you guys, pray for you and your family. Let's, why don't you guys come on up. And while we do that, can I have Pastor Greg and Carrie, Debbie, please, Vernon and Mary, Reverend Vernon and Mary Norton, if you guys would come up. <clears throat> Could somebody go find Pastor Karen? She said she's either going to be in the... Uh, She's in the nursery. <clears throat> so Brian, take over the nursery. And, uh, <laughs> but we're going to pray for them, and then we're going to receive communion. We're going to lift them up. We're going to pray for them. Pray for God's anointing. Because they're going to need it. They need the prayer. So let's stand with them. Father God, I thank you so much for this man and woman of God, this family of God. And Father, this has not been by mistake. This has not been even as a consolation prize. This has been your plan from the foundation of the earth. For them them to step into this opportunity to step into this anointing to step into this vision in this place at this time 
Father, as they've walked this out for years through obedience, obedience to sell everything and go, obedience to turn down everything else and move forward with you, that has never gone unnoticed. And with it carries great blessing. They could have done so many things with their life, and they've chosen you. Thank you for them, Father. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for their obedience. And I thank you for the call that's on their life that is very evident to me and and others. And Father, this morning, as the body of Christ, we lift up John and Jen and their children. And Lord, I commit, I commit, and we commit to praying for them, to standing with them, to protecting them, and to giving supply, every joint supplying, as you lead us to do. Father, we pray a blessing over them right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray for protection over them in every way, shape, and form. No weapon formed against this family. No weapon formed against this couple. No weapon against any of these as individuals or as a family shall prosper. All of their stuff is protected. Thank you, Jesus, for your hand of blessing upon them. That as they continue to step this out, walk this out, that they will see the reward, both here on this earth and in the one to come. Thank you for them, Father. Thank you, Father, even as these first fruits, first leaders going into this new church plant. Father, I thank you that this is significant, that they are significant, and that their their obedience to follow you is a model for all. Thank you for it. Thank you for them and for your call on their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Like I say, we'll have a a full installation service on the 9th, but I wanted to pray for you guys here this morning. Give them a big round of applause as they sit down. And if the ushers would come, we're going to receive communion because obviously it's the first uh, first Sunday of the month But communion is the picture that Jesus showed for being of one body. In the Jewish tradition, in their culture, when you share a meal together, you're becoming one. You eat the same food. You drink the same drink. It's not by accident that God used this meal on the night that Jesus was betrayed to proclaim that we are one and that we're all needed. There's nobody less important than anybody else. 
There's nobody more important than anybody else. We're the body of Christ. And as we receive communion today, the Word says that we are proclaiming Christ's death. And it was that death that allowed for us to become one. So Father, as we come before you even now, we thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus, his body broken and his blood shed for us. Even as that parable of the the grain of wheat falling to the ground and having to die, yet bringing forth a harvest, 30, 60, even 100 fold. Jesus, you did that same thing with your body and your blood. You were broken. You were poured out. And as you did that by obedience, you made it the only way possible for for us to have a relationship with God. Thank you for it. And this morning we do declare the death of Christ, the burial and the resurrection of Christ, and life life forevermore. In Jesus' name.